and welcome to the Kerrville Podcast, episode number 48. Michaela here and John Barrera. And we have a uh, an awesome guest today, and uh, I've we don't really know each other, but uh, we've kind of, she's emailed me quite a few times over the past couple of years with press releases from the sheriff's office here in Kerr County. John, do you want to go ahead and introduce our guest today? Yes, I've actually known Mrs. Hooten since the third grade, fourth grade. Fourth grade. Yes. Nothing but good vibes. Nothing but genuine hometown, real, uh, just just a wonderful lady. Uh, Miss Sonia Hooten, thank you for coming. And uh, today's mainly to let the Hill Country know who you are. You're, you're not just a name on a ballot. What what's Who is Miss Sonia Hooten and, um, and what do you stand for? And... Yeah, that's that's why we invited you on today. Okay, John. Um, first, I'd like to thank both you and Michaela for having me today. I really appreciate. Hey, thank you the for exposure, coming in. and uh, I, I'd like to get the message out to people why I'm doing this. Um, who I am? I'm a fifth generation Kerr County resident. I've been here almost my entire life. Uh, raised my family here. Spent uh, 28 years at Center Point Independent School District. Mm-hmm. Wow, 28 years. <laughs> yes. Retired from there and went to work for Rusty Herholzer at the sheriff's office. And then, of course, he retired, and now I work for uh, Sheriff Letha. Um, um, always tried to give back to the community. I was in various things, of course, when my son was in school and was the 4-H leader and stock show uh, association member. Did all kinds of band boosters and those kinds of things, mainly children's um, activities. But I'm ready to do something broader. And um, when this position came open to be commissioner for my precinct, I thought I'm going to jump in that. Absolutely. And uh, Sheriff Herholzer encouraged me to do that. Good. Good. I'm, I'm glad he supports you. Um, I, I couldn't think of anybody better that, that represents Centerpoint, represents represents the small town of Centerpoint. Everywhere I would go as a child, whether it was stock show or around the school, I, I would see you and and but I Michaela I wanted to talk about this really because and I want to say it early early on when I was in the fourth and fifth grade I was obese I'm talking about biscuits and gravy every day you know what I'm saying and um, I remember in the breezeway the old breezeway mm-hmm. where uh, Miss Colwell's the elementary, I don't even know if it's still there. The old breezeway where you used to play heads up, seven up, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I was getting made fun of for being overweight. And that that'll stick with you for a long Absolutely. time. Absolutely. Yeah. It, 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 and it did. But Miss Sonia Hooten stopped. And I don't know if you remember this or not, but she's like, OK. And, and she stopped and she stopped it. But she didn't just yell at anybody. She She talked to all of us. And talked about, um, sorry, I'm not trying to get emotional, but it it, it, it was real. And she talked about um, how, how bullying can affect you for the rest of your days and all this and that. And we're all friends now, the kids who were actually bullying me. And I just want to say thank you for that. I don't know if you remember or not, but I do. Well, I don't remember it, but I, I do remember doing those types of things. So uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad I was able to help you out that that situation and um i hope that helped you further on too it, it did it was it was during pe with miss miss coach Avent. coach Avent, yeah. yes 
But sorry, that's I didn't wild. ramble but, there. No, that's yeah. that's good though. I mean, so you've been like literally helping people in this area in more ways than you know for a long time. Then, oh uh, well, I I'd like to think I have. Uh, you know, those little things, just everyday occurrences that happen, and not that they weren't important. They were very important mm-hmm. to you. You know, you just don't really realize, I guess, how many lives you touch. Every day. Yeah, every day. Everybody you come into contact with, whether it's by greeting them with a, a smile when you first see them or whatever it is. We we have a lot more power than we realize when we're around other people. If you look at somebody and frown, and Sidney Hurlbert is really good at explaining this. He has that class, um, how to be nice to people, basically, and how to answer the phone. Are you familiar with Sidney? I'm not. And, okay. Uh, but, I mean, you can frown at somebody. When you first see them and throw off the rest of their entire uh, entire day, they're wondering, well, what's wrong with me? Why did that person frown at me? Mm-hmm. Just for a split second, and Sydney will tell you our body movements are uh, 30,000 times faster than it when we speak. That's how fast that conveys, just with our body language and our and our movements. If you haven't checked out Sydney Herbert, check him out. He's He was actually, I, I did a podcast before, that's actually uh, the same link as the Curveville podcast on Anchor. It was called... Uh, KB Inspire was the name of the podcast that I did. Sidney Herbert was my first guest on that on that podcast. Really? Yeah. Anyway, uh, so back to sorry before I I ventured off there and how you treat people throughout your life and your career here, Sonia, has has really made an impact on people. And now you're running for precinct two county commissioner in Kirk County. Why are you running as county commissioner? Um. Well, what introduced me to that, because I've never even thought about going into politics, was when uh, COVID hit, they started doing the um, YouTube uh, commissioner meetings. And so I started watching them uh, while I was working, just kind of put my laptop up and and watched. It was very fascinating to me. Um, It was something that I always thought I could not do, but I thought, I think I could do that. And I was looking for something else to do because my son had graduated. And like I said, I generally gravitated to uh, children organizations or activities. And so I was wanting to do something broader and that looked like a place I could go. And as I said, Sheriff Heerholzer encouraged me to do that. And um, my husband did as well. So I just took off with it. Sheriff Heerholzer is a great man. Oh, he is. He he, is. He is. He is incredible. You know, I, I talked back and forth with him a few times on, you know, different situations that had happened in the area. And that guy, he was always so calm and collected and just a, one heck of a great guy. Oh, I think Kerrville yeah. was uh, very lucky to have had him for sheriff for 20 years. That's yeah. for sure. And Sheriff Letha, he's great as well. He I've is. had the chance yeah. to talk he's with Sheriff Letha. He's yeah. coming and taking those reins, and he's he's pushing it even further. So, you know, I like the social media presence that y'all have had recently. Yes, I think it's so powerful. Just like you said, if you didn't see YouTube, you didn't see these meetings on YouTube, that you probably wouldn't have. I would probably never have uh, joined the race. And that's the reason we we're doing this is to let, you know, use social media to, to spread the prominent people of Kerrville and, and uh, people who add value to, to the Hill Country. And that's why we're using this platform. It's it's amazing. A lot of people are, are you know, involved now. Uh, we've had some incredible guests, and, and one incredible guest we're talking to right now is uh, Sonia Hooten, you know, a uh, 30-year school teacher? I was the secretary for the elementary for 28 years. Secretary for the elementary for 28 years. Mm-hmm. So what does a secretary do? 
What what is I, I mean we all see the secretary they sit behind the desk. But uh, the, they do just about everything. They they're uh, actually if, kinda, if you need a sub, the secretary is there. Mm-hmm. If wow. the nurse is out, the secretary is the nurse. Um whatever she can do for the principal to make his job or her job a little easier, she's there to do that as well. Backbone. And I just feel yeah. like I felt like I worked for the people walking in that door. I I drew a salary from their tax dollars. So besides taking care of the children, that was my number one job. It was greeting those people that walked in the door and making sure that the reasons they were there were taken care of and that they felt like they were, most people just want to be listened to. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, even if you can't do anything to help them, listen to them. Hear they, them out. They, they want to know that, that someone cares. So I always tried to do that. Michaela, how important do you think it is for a person who's not a career politician to represent the people. Uh, I don't even know if I want to get into that conversation, honestly. Because <laughs> there's some there's somebody you're thinking about. No, no, it's not not that there. Uh, you, there you can tell a huge difference between people that are there because they want to be politicians and people that are there because they actually want to help. Absolutely, and one hundred percent. You know, thank you very much. And uh, yeah, and and. You know, I don't. This is the first time that we've ever met, Sonia, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I like what you're what you had to say here uh, about helping people and listening to the community because a lot of the times people, and that's when you see groups of people get together. That's when you see uh, people they feel like they have to scream to get their their message across mm-hmm. or something. And what could be done to help with that? Well, um, I've said throughout the campaign that. My number one job is to listen to you and to be your voice for our community. Um, I want to be available to them as much as possible. Um, my office door will always be open if I'm at an event or a meeting. Um, they can reach me through text message. Um, I plan on doing a newsletter and have town hall meetings regularly. And um, I'm not going to say 24 hours, but you need you have something that you need to talk to me about you call me before nine o'clock at night. I'll listen to whatever you have to say. Wow. So basically, to you, the the county commissioner position is a basically you are the representative of that precinct. Exactly, and I work for the constituents of that precinct. I am not there just to draw a salary from county tax dollars. I'm there to represent them and make sure that their voices and concerns are heard. I may not be able to help them. I may not agree with them. I will listen to them. We will have civil discussion, and we will take it whatever direction we can. This yeah. might be a. This might be. This isn't a softball question. I'm about to throw at you. Okay. Um, what if? What if uh, the number of people in your precinct believe something should be a certain way? What if that percentage is greater than the other percentage, but you don't agree with that percentage? Um, I would seek wow, counsel for question. from, you know, whatever the subject was. I would seek counsel on what that was. Say it's development. I need to seek counsel on that and find out what is best for the community as a whole and go that direction. Sit down and... and discuss this or have a town meeting depending on how many people it is and let people prevent present their views and if you keep an open mind 
it, someone may persuade you that, hey, maybe I need to go this way with that. Or maybe I didn't understand that this was a part of that. That's, that's uh, right. but So we need to just listen to each other. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Yeah, we yeah. need to listen to each other. <laughs> yeah. yeah, communication is definitely key. So, all right, John, do you have a question? Well, I was just going to say I like that, you know, you're not like married to a certain idea. Like you're open to listening and they say once once you think you know everything you stop learning and oh you can't let that happen that's for sure um so i've you know until recently i didn't know what a commissioner was and what the job of a commissioner is do you mind uh explaining that sure uh it's a little extensive uh the commissioner does a lot uh their main thing is that they uh make sure the county budget is balanced um Mm. they're they have uh, 350 employees that they take care of. They have 36 departments that they have to look at. And you're talking a $44 million budget. Wow. Budgets are something that I did at the elementary every year. So I know all about budgets. Of course, that was on a smaller scale. But I've been doing the sheriff's budget for three years now. That is the largest budget uh, department in the county for $12 million. So you know 12 out of the 44 that's it a, goes that's to the a, sheriff's office, yeah. yes. That's a big budget. You it's know? a huge budget. Yeah. And yeah. with the way things are going now, you know, you budget in May, you present it in August, it's adopted in September. Um, a lot of things happen between those time periods. So you may budget for fuel, and then by the time you get it approved, fuel has gone up a dollar. Mm. So, you know, you have to really watch what you're doing and, and investigate um, all different uh, aspects of the budget. Stay on your toes, huh? Yes. What um, do you think the most important, uh, the most important? I don't want to say topics, but the most important issues uh, in this area are that that need to be worked on. Um, right now, for precinct two, that's growth and development and our water issues. Um, precinct two is. I feel like we're going to change quite a bit. There's a lot of land out there. It's flat land. It's land that developers like to see, and these are old ranches that had quite a bit of property to them, and for whatever reason, um, the heirs or the the people that own them are selling them off, and the developers are buying them up. They're going to put houses out there, and it's going to change the dynamics. It's going to change our roads. It's going to change our schools. It's going to change our tax base. It's going to change a lot of things. Change is good. We need to have change. Uh, you don't want to be stagnant. You Change is hard. People don't like change. Right, I yeah, don't like change. Yeah. But you have to change to pro- progress. And if you don't change, you're just going to wither and die. Mm-hmm. However, that being said, I don't want us to change drastically. I love our heritage and our um, the way of life we have here kind of laid back. And, you know, I don't want to be San Antonio, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I see it coming. It, I don't know that we're going to be any, able to stop it at all, but I, I would like to see it be more something that fits in with our lifestyle. So maybe a, maybe a responsible slash proactive stance on, on like, we, we all know what's happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, people are, the, the housing market here is crazy. It is. You know, uh, we all know that people are moving here. Mm-hmm. So maybe in a responsible manner that, you know, and a proactive approach to, to set things up to where when it does grow, it, it grows right without losing the heritage. And you said the right word that I love is proactive. 
I don't like to be reactive. I love to be proactive. I, I think that's the best way to get the job done. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I just think that uh, the other thing is the more people you get in there, the more wells you have going down because most of that property, the great majority of it, there's no water lines. Mm-hmm. There's no sewer out there. So you're going to have wells being dug. So that's a lot of tapping into our aquifer. Yes. That was a big deal on the Center Point Village. Yes. Was was the, the wells right there by the Thompson's property. And uh, so what happened with the Center Point Village? Well, the Center Point Village, my understanding right now is it's dead. Um, I, I, there could be someone else come back in there, but I don't see the commissioners um, looking at what they proposed. I think they understand that that's not what Center Point wants. No. no and it's not what's good for them. When you start out a subdivision that's already on uh, number one water restrictions, something's wrong. It, it, I'll... I'll I, for one, was against it. I'm sorry. It, now was, that, it was a big deal in Center Point, Michaela. That was the one with the RVs in it, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was just trying to, to remember, kind of wrap my head again. Okay. Th- yeah. The RVs that when they went to yeah. stage two, they wouldn't rent out any more spaces. Uh, how are you going to do that? If if you if someone's called and said, I want a space in three months, and then they get there and, oh, sorry, we're in stage two water restrictions. I can't reach you at space. That's not going to work. And that's it's not, not going to happen. It's that's not, not realistic. Yeah. Um, when I graduated in 09, there was like 60 of us. Mm, maybe not even that many. <laughs> no, it, it was, it, there wasn't a lot. And, uh, but I was top 60 in my class. So that was something. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. But, but uh, no, congratulations. You didn't John. have to tell him there was only 60. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what I, what I was trying to get at was um, Center Point's not that big of a school. Right. It, it's, it, it holds, you know, so many children. Mm-hmm. And, uh, are there any plans with the school when, you know, more people come? You know, uh, I'll be honest with you. I haven't spoken with them very much uh, in the three years I've been gone. I do know they have property that they've bought a long time ago over by the football field in anticipation of ever having to build a high, new high school or, or another building. That'd be a great location, too. For it, yeah. Yeah. it would be a great location. And I think separating those two age uh, groups would be good. Um However, I don't know what their plans are. I don't know how much money they have saved back for that or what they, if they try to introduce a bond to help, uh, to alleviate those costs. I'm not sure, but I know that if they, I don't know that they are equipped for a huge boom Mm -hmm. of, um, influx of of kids. I know you're just getting into, you know, the commissioner world and, and uh, basically what I was trying to get at was, you know, uh, influx of people too quickly might put a strain mm-hmm. on things oh yeah they don't have the teachers uh they'd have to hire teachers along with uh, a new building that's a lot of money and uh, you know center point people are great people i love them there they don't pass bonds very easily <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's a lot of culture in zanzenberg there is but um but yeah so center point Three years in the sheriffs and the water. The water is a big deal, too. It is a huge deal. Um, you know, we don't really know what's in there. Um, I think the headwaters, groundwaters uh, group are a great bunch of people, and you can learn a lot from them. I think mm-hmm. that we really need to work in uh, conjunction with them to watch what's going on with our water. I want to make sure that my grandkids have water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very important. Um, at the same time, there's a uh, there's a I don't know if I want to say the word crisis here, 
Uh, but there is a situation with housing here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very, very hard to uh, find even a three-bedroom house that's affordable to rent, much less a four-bedroom house. Uh, I've been looking for years to rent a four-bedroom house. The cheapest four-bedroom house that I've seen in years is $2,400 a month mm-hmm. to rent. So mm-hmm. a, a family, and there might be a little bit of personal you know, mm-hmm. uh, touch on this, but with, with a family, a large family, and a four-bedroom house being $2,400 a month to rent, Personally, we're looking at having to move to San Antonio because we have to have four bedrooms in our house. And it's the time's getting closer and closer. And there's also this issue with the water. Right. So what are there any solutions to be able to make it where there are more uh, affordable housing solutions for people in this area so they can actually so they can actually live here? Well, Michaela, I know um in my precinct, uh, most of the land that's out there does not have water to it, so they would have to drill a well. And you, you have to have a five-acre lot to drill a well. So that doesn't sound like affordable housing to me. So right. you would be looking more into the Kerrville area and what the city is doing, and I know they are building a few subdivisions out there. I don't know that much about them but uh, or how their uh, cost, if, what they will end up costing when they're done. But it is an issue that we've had here for a long time. And we're losing people from our area for jobs and for housing. That's, I think, the main two reasons that people have to leave here. Uh, I know myself, I've struggled before to stay here. I have three siblings that left just because they they needed to make more money. Yeah. You think that's more of a market issue or like... You think it's a local? Oh, I mean, it's a definite supply and demand issue. Yeah. Right. But if water's keeping these developments from happening, I, what? I mean, is there a long-term solution for that, or do we do we just stay the way things are? And that's the, I mean, that's the the kind of, I guess, conundrum you can so say or snafu. Scary. Well, and yeah. I did, the commissioners right now are revising their subdivision regulations and rules. Um, it's closed session, so I don't know what they're doing. Uh, they just felt like it needed updated. I think it was 2007, the last time it was updated. I may be wrong on that, but it's pretty close. Um, but we'll have to see what they come up with. Uh, if I'm fortunate enough to be elected, that's still 10 months away. So mm-hmm. there's a lot that can happen in 10 months. A We've few, learned that over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. A few years ago, the uh, and, I, and, and I know we had Brenda on a few days ago, and I don't really know a whole lot about what's going on in the city, but I have followed some of the stuff in the county uh, over the past couple of years. Um, one thing is that uh, some of the local volunteer fire departments, their uh, budgets were, were cut yes. uh, a few years ago, and uh, they were told to get ESDs, and Centerpoint Volunteer Fire Department is one one fire department that was able to get an ESD, mm-hmm. but I think there are other fire departments out there that are still still working on that. Okay. Uh, what what would you do as far as is that is concerned? Well, I would have to take a look at that. I know that Centerpoint did. I didn't know that the others had not done that. So I would have to get in there and look at that, Michaela. I'm not sure. But yeah. it's something that needs to be looked at because they have been cut uh, drastically with their budgets. Yeah, so I just, I, you know, that's a, it's a big thing, you know, and, and what about the property owners out there that, I mean, they need these fire departments. They so do, This is ex- yes. extremely important to have these fire departments because if they don't have the funding they need and the fire departments can't show up to put out the fires, it's, it, that's a conundrum in itself. Yep. Exactly. You know. So Centerpoint Volunteer Fire Department has put out two fires on my, ran- on my 
family's ranch. Um, one down the road, Mr. Bernie lives down the road from mm-hmm. us. You know where the ranch is. I do. Out on boardwalk. Mm-hmm. This small town, small town, but uh, very passionate and uh, we, uh, we love The our- fire department has in Centerpoint has been uh, just a super, super run organization for years out yes. there. And um, I don't see that changing. No. They've got some good people. Danny yeah. Smith's still out there. He is still out putting there. Putting out fires. Yes. Charles Holt. Yeah. Yes. Man. Yes. Yeah. And the whole crew out there, they're, they're amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Center Point Fire Department. I just I just wanted to throw that in there because. Well, I'm I, glad they, you did because I was not aware that some had well, not and I might be put wrong that together. On, I might be wrong on that too, but I didn't think that all of them even went tried to form ESDs. I think that, you know, so they're out, still out there struggling for. As far to my knowledge, for county money, mm-hmm. and what about those departments? That's the and that's kind of where I was asking mm-hmm. that question. Are they still going to be able to get the funding they need if they haven't established an ESD? That's kind of the the question that I was asking there. Right. Um, I would have to research that. I just don't know. But it's it's uh, something that needs to be looked at very carefully. And each of those commissioners that have those uh, departments in their precincts need to be aware of that as well. How how big is precinct two? Precinct 2 is a pretty large precinct. I think 4 is the largest, but we'd probably come in second to that. Um, we're very diverse. We have Centerpoint. We have uh, River Hill, Comanche Trace. Uh, you're looking at the VA Hospital, the Sheriff's Office, Shriner College. Uh, it's just a very diverse uh, precinct. Yeah, that so you've is. Got from one end of the spectrum to the other. Kerrville split mm-hmm. between two precincts? Well, it's not really split. It's just kind of woven in there like that. I I, I don't know who who decided what road to use for each precinct, wow. but uh, yeah, it's it's uh, kind of weaved in there. See, I'm still learning a lot. I'm learning a lot just on this podcast. Oh, I am too. I've, I've learned yeah. so much in the last six to eight months. You, uh, it's just amazing. Is it? So what's what's the um, political life now? I mean, coming from somebody who's been serving her community the whole time, what's it like from Going as a civilian to, I mean, you're still a civilian, but, Mm -hmm. you know, getting into the political world. Is it ugly? Is it hard? Is it different than you thought it was going to be? It hasn't gotten ugly. Uh, It it is hard. It's hard to work a job, learn what you need to do, um, get out there and door knock and um, speak to people, address their concerns. Uh, read up on what you have to do. The book I have is probably this thick on mm. what commissioners do. So there's a lot to learn. Um, but it's been great. I mean, I've met a lot of new people. Um, it's just fascinating what people will talk to you about sometimes when you knock on that door. But it's been wonderful. Uh, I've formed some really nice new relationships that I hope will continue. And um, as far as I'm concerned, it's been great. Uh, I would not change anything. Politics is not my forte. Um, like you said earlier, I think we need to get a lot of politicians out of politics. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. And some things I don't agree with, but, you know, we sit down and have those discussions. But other than that, it's been a wonderful experience. Just um, I love people. I love talking to people. Um, I'm better one on one. But um, just hearing their views, hearing their concerns and and hearing the good things that are going on for them too. So it's not all 
doom and gloom and, you know, we're running out of water. I mean, there's some good things that are out there as Absolutely. well. This is a place to raise children. No, it is. This and is- and, and I, I hate to say this, but media is 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 pretty respons- is largely responsible for the amount of doom and gloom that is shown to politicians as well. And there's a reason for this. And uh, having a news company, I learned this, that if you post something bad, it gets 10 times or 20 or 30 or 50 <laughs> times as much reaction and attention as if you post something positive. I can post something positive and nobody will nobody will look at it. Nobody will even open it. But if I post something negative, something crazy happens, I post something negative, the whole town wow. has to look at it. Wow, that's unfortunate. I, and I, I, it's been so much like that that my website has been shut down from so much traffic several times over the years because so many people were looking at negative things. How many times has my website been shut down when I posted something positive? Zero. <laughs> it has never happened. Not even close. So, so I'm glad you pointed that out because you know, with the good things, there are, there are some really good things that happen out there that really do need more light on them. Yes, there are. Um, but there's some that was good. We have some uh, fantastic people in our area. I mean, they're just they're fascinating. They've got great stories to tell you. Um, I encourage anybody to get out there and and get with your communities. You know, we used to be a little more, um, and maybe COVID had something to do with that. I mean, we got together more, Mm -hmm. and now it just seems like we're kind of uh, keeping apart from each other, and I wish we would bring that closeness back. You know, going to the football games on Friday night and having the street party or the the homecoming uh, the celebration bonfire yeah. yes all those kinds of things are they still doing bonfires i think they did it this year but they had stopped for a little bit yeah, so i remember that my senior year they they didn't let us do it like, what the heck? but i mean let's get together some more yes. i mean that's fun it's 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 keeping our communities alive yeah. i think this whole pandemic thing has has uh put a damper in our our social life and it's kind of divided us it's very unhealthy mm-hmm. to to not be integrated into your community and you know it it made us kind of afraid of each other a little bit it did well and you know before social media there's many times as a as a kid or a young adult if something bad happened in your family people knew about it Mm -hmm. people can i do anything to help you or they'd bring you food or whatever you needed it wasn't even like you had to say anything people just knew Mm -hmm. and if something good happened, they were there to celebrate with you too. But I think we've lost some of that connection. That's how center point is. I really feel at from 2000. So I graduated in 09 and I feel like we were, we were in the past, the coach Kaiser days, the Mr. Williams days, the Mr. Joyner days. Mm-hmm. I feel like we were raised 50, 60 years behind everybody else around us because we were still getting corporal punishment all the way until my senior year. We were, I'm talking about, about shirt tails tucked in, um, yes, sir, no, sir. If you were in athletics and you didn't say yes, sir, well, march your happy butt in that office and you would get a swat right then and there. I'm serious. And, I, and it, I'm going to go on a little rant here because I have a teachers in my close circle. Discipline with, with children, kids aren't afraid to get disciplined anymore. You know, and it's, it's, it's almost scary, you know, like 
you tell a kid, well, you're going to get in trouble. It's like, well, what? I'm not going to get swatted. I'm not going to, you know, maybe go into timeout for a little bit. And it's just things have changed. And I, and I feel like center point is still, still in that traditional, um, down home, real, I don't know. Well, uh, and it's like you were talking about before. We were so small that if you were a teacher or an employee walking down the hallway or out on the sidewalk and you saw something going on, mm-hmm. you didn't walk by that. Mm-mm. You stopped and took care of it. I mean, these are these are kids we're talking about. And, and even the ones that were doing the bullying, honestly, I don't know that they acted, actually thought they were bullying you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's... After you talk to them, I think they realize what they're doing and try to be better. Some don't, but if you talk to them, I think some will. You did. I remember that. I really do. And I'm I'm very close friends with with uh, the main person who was in that. And well, I'm glad to hear that. It, it was really something. I'll never forget that. I I mean it. All I right. mean, they talk about bullying in schools. I mean, that's an easy way to solve that solution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. To solve that problem. All right, Sonia, uh, we are kind of running towards the end of the podcast here. Is there anything else that you want to get out to the community? You have an open mic. Well, um, I just want them to know that um, I want to be their voice. I'm their employee. Uh, I will be open and available to them uh, for anything they want to talk about. Again, like I said, we may have to have some discussion. We may have to bring someone in that knows more about the subject than I do. But I will do whatever it takes to make sure that they're listened to and that they're respected and that they know someone cares. Um, I want to help this uh, community with this new development that's going on and also watch our water. Um, The ARPA funds that are coming in, I know they're holding back on on doing something with those. So depending on what they do before I get there, I'd like to have some input into what needs to happen with those. I mainly want the people to know that I care about them. I'm not a politician. That's not why I'm getting into this. I just want to make sure that we maintain the quality of life that we had when I was growing up for my son, for my grandkids, and for other people's grandkids. Uh, I think this is a fantastic place to live, and I want to try to do my best to make sure it stays that way. I can can see it. I, I truly believe you're genuine. Well, thank you. And we were honored to have you on today. Well, thank you very much. I'm honored to be here. All right. Uh, Sonia Hooten running for Precinct 2 County Commissioner uh, this year. The election is in 10 months. Uh, a little under 10 months, I believe, right? Uh, uh, just, yeah, yes. just under, just 10 under months. November 3rd. November 3rd is the election. They're actually having primaries, though, this oh, week. Yeah. Early, oh, okay. early voting. And Tuesday is the primary election. Tuesday the 1st. Okay. Are you on the ballot against somebody on the primary I am. election? I have four... Well, there's four of us running to oh, there all together. Four. Yes. There oh, were wow. five, but one dropped out. Mm. Okay. Wow, that's wild. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So, all right. So, please help me get on that ballot for November. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. So, there we go. Uh, John, you got anything else before we get out of here? Um, sorry for all my rants. I, we got to no, edit not some at of all. Those Rant out. away. <laughs> Everybody, y'all have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to the Curvo Podcast. That was Miss Sonia Hooten, Michaela Taylor, and John Barrera. And thank y'all. <laughs>